Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. There are many ways to explore J fashion with combined interests, many of which we've discussed on the show. The possibilities are endless, but there's still one furry elephant in the room we haven't discussed. The furry community has a tendency to come off as cringe due to misconceptions and Rule 34. However, as the furry fandom slowly becomes more accepted, those who bring furrydom into their hobbies are finally being seen. Today's guest, Randa Rice, is experienced in both the furry and J-fashion communities and is ready to open our minds to what is possible in J-fashion. But before we get into that, let's get into some news and updates for this month. I am very excited because it is finally September, which means the weather is cooling off, which means spooky season's coming up, mm-hmm. and I am ready. <laughs> I am ready for it. I have been in the heat for far too long. I am ready to collect all the gothic apparel, all my gothic and weird macabre home decor. I know we've talked about it briefly in last month's episode, but my desires have only increased. I I feel like summer is my favorite season, but I did take on a seasonal job as a caricature artist at the zoo and working during 93 degree days with a heat index of 105 is not fun, (laughs) no matter what clothes you're wearing. So I've definitely gotten a very deep tan. It's it's waning though. After Labor Day, we go to uh, weekly, just doing like working on the weekends instead of working during the week at all. And then the whole zoo turns into just weekends in October. So they did it a week early because man, during those 90 degree weeks, no one was coming to the zoo. No, it is too much. Yeah, they kept having to close our booths early, which I was just like, yes, please take me out of here. So yeah, so they let us begin the only weekends a week earlier than Labor Day. And yeah, so I'm just like uh, really excited for that. I still definitely wore my accessories during brave. the- Brave, you are yeah. so brave. <laughs> it was just like, yes, the four bracelets on both wrists, you know, gotta let them know. Yeah, so I definitely still had like Decora type like accessories on, but during the October season, on the weekends, we can wear Halloween costumes. So it's just like, cool, this will be a good time to uh, bust out some cool cat ears and some Paul Star <laughs> accessories. So yeah, so I'm kind of like looking forward to October and being able to wear more of my own clothes at work. Yeah, I was gonna say, you can just wear whatever and say, oh, I'm in another costume again. Mm-hmm, right, exactly. And I'm gonna be basic and be like, yes, I'm a cat. That's just my favorite thing to do for Halloween, cats. I'm going to stick with it and um, just invest a little bit more money into it, I guess. (laughs) I would just wear my regular fairy K and then just wear like my elf ears. And then it's like, yeah, okay, I'm a fairy. I'm an elf, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a pixie. It's just my costume. This is it. This is it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You are like, how do you have so many? Uh, no reason. <laughs> right? No reason. 
But yeah, so that's something I'm looking forward to. And apparently in November, I'm supposed to be getting the uh, Lolita's and Colita's dress that I pre-ordered. Yeah, I got the, the, what, the popcorn club? Yeah, nice, 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 nice. I love Lolita's and Colita's. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, like the photo shoots with the bats and the weapons and stuff, like, it gets me every time. Like, even though their print isn't bats and weapons, it's just like, (laughs) yes, bats and weapons. Um, so (laughs) I must support, uh, Colita's and Lolita's. (laughs) I'm really just excited about cooler weather and being Mm -hmm. able to wear multiple layers again. Mm. Especially for me, like having thick thighs is a recipe for chub rub. But when it is like over 90 degrees out, it's like I am not putting anything on my legs right now. So I guess I'm just not going outside. Right. Yeah. So then it's like the rub happens more because now it's like bare skin against bare skin. Yeah. Summer, for me, summer is just the time where I stay in because it's like, okay, I either die of heat or I am walking around like a penguin all day. So I'll just (laughs) stay inside. Well, you move to the right state, you know, it's not too long. Most of the time it's pretty cool, so... And Kamila has a lot of really awesome updates that I'm really excited about and a little confused about looking at our notes here. (laughs) I would love to learn more. (laughs) All right. So I guess like the first thing is Monique and I are going to be hosting a Decora 101 type panel for um, the J Fashion University event. I think we mentioned last episode, um, Bay Area K is going to be holding that. I think it's happening September 4th at 10.15 p.m. for, I guess, Central Standard Time or something like that. And then 11.15 for the Eastern and then 8.15 for the um, PDT. That's going to be on their Twitch but they'll also be ho- like leaving it up on their YouTube as well. So if you you if we end up posting this episode and you still didn't know about it, you can watch the video there and everything. Should be a good time. And the reason that we're like hosting it together, like we've hosted it together before, but this is the first time us hosting a panel together, kind of being like, yeah, we're like the creators of Emptying the Clips comic mm-hmm. because. We're trying to make that relevant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so um, in trying to invest a little bit more into emptying the clips comic now that we have completed 16 comics together since we've started, we looked into getting a like a, a mini comics grant um, so we applied for the MICE grant. There's an expo called like, it's the Massachusetts Independent Comics Expo. Nice. Mm. Yeah. And so they do these mini MICE grants. They like award like 30 people, mini grants of $100 each. 
to print their comic and then they'll have like a grand prize of $500. And then what they do is that you can sell the comic on your site, but you also have the opportunity to sell it through Radiator Comics. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and so they'll uh, sell it on their site and they'll, you know, promote like that. You're one of the winners and everything like that. We were like hoping to maybe get something like that to help us like print the comic but also like if we wanted to do more like indie comic stuff like go to any comic expos and table there and stuff that could be something we can say that we got or did and maybe we'd be mm-hmm. accepted more at certain juried ones um there's other ones that aren't juried but yeah so we we're just like yeah we want to just like add to our i don't know kawaii resume in the form of I guess, comic recognition. I I get that. And I understand, like, I can only imagine how much it takes to print a comic. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, so much work. Very scary. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, ah. And then our comic is like, we did it mostly for Instagram. So it's like square and not like together on like one page or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, Each comic. So It's kind of interesting to try and figure out like, oh, what format would be best for printing this sort of comic? Do we want people to see only one panel at a time as in like a square book? Do we want it to be like more of a horizontal based book where you see two panels at a time every time somebody like turns a page or something like that? But yeah, it would be really cool if we got the grant so then we can um, have some financial help uh, getting the comic printed and, you know, being able to just add to the J fashion media, <laughs> I suppose. Mm-hmm. I get that. My initial, and take this with a grain of salt because I don't know Jack about printing comics. My initial inclination is four square, like just having a four square mm-hmm. layout. Yeah, but we didn't do all four square comics. We did like five or six sometimes, or sometimes it's just one. We didn't always follow that comic strip. Um, well, they had us for the for the thing to um, make a PDF of how we wanted the comic to be. So, oh, that's smart. Yeah, so we've already kind of have a a plan of how we're gonna format it. We'll find out September twenty seventh whether we're one of the thirty applicants or. 30 applicants that won something or not if not then we'll just figure out our own way to do it whether that's like doing pre-orders looking at um applying for a different grant or or doing or printing less comics at a time like we could print maybe like half of that like eight of the comics or something um and that could bring down the price too i just think it's cool that we are even starting to like I don't know, do stuff like that. Um, I've never applied for any sort of comic grant or any grant. Well, I am certainly crossing my fingers for y'all because you definitely deserve it. Yeah. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hear the results. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited and I'm hopeful. Yeah, me too. And then I guess my last thing is that I am turning 30 in October, and I don't know how to celebrate. Oh, no. 
And it's like vexing me. Just like, do I want some sort of gathering? Do I want some sort of like, I don't know. I feel like I need to do something special for it, but I just, I just don't know like what's going to be special for me. I'm just like, do I need to have the picture with the three O balloons? Is that what's going to make me feel like I did this right? And so I was just like, well, if you don't feel like, you know, doing something this year, well, you could do 31 and and just make that more special. I'm just like, no, that's just going to have the same effect. And then I'm also going to feel like 30 is 30. 31 is not 30. Mm-hmm. I had to do this one uh, justice. I don't know. <laughs> I barely know what to do for like a regular birthday. Any other yeah. non milestone birthday. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> good luck. Yeah. If you do have any ideas, I can like springboard off of that. <laughs> I have no idea what that initial idea could be though. Have you ever like did anything for a milestone birthday or anything? I was thinking maybe you could like pretend to be like a <laughs> Those cishet white ladies that are like, oh my gosh, birthday girl. And just like parody off of that shit, like make funny sashes. Just oh, go yeah. all out and just like parody off of that. That's my initial inclination. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, what are they doing? Um, maybe that would feel different to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I definitely want to try to either uh, get a tattoo or mm. another piercing. I kind of made a promise to myself to be like, okay, every birthday you're getting either a new piercing or when it is safe to do so or more or cost effective to do so, get a um, a tattoo or something like that. The plan before this was like, oh, I'll go to Evermore for my birthday in Utah. But after looking at the very low vaccination rates in that area, Oof. I'm just like, uh, I'm just like, I maybe really, not. maybe not. And we can't really afford to like, if we did get sick while that being there, like, we can't afford to like not come back home. Mm -hmm. I guess we'd survive, but it, it just wouldn't be comfortable. I'm just like, if I'm going to get sick, I'd rather be sick at home <laughs> than mm -hmm. like in a hotel room where I don't have any friends or family that could uh, help us or anything like that. So I guess like the extra money, could, like I could just like, I'm going to get the tattoo and a piercing. I guess I don't know what Evermore does for their tickets, but maybe you could buy like a credit or gift card if they have that. Oh, I don't, I, we didn't buy tickets already. Yeah, I know. I'm saying like you could buy it now as like a gift to your future self. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, maybe. Their tickets don't really cost that much. They're like 18, maybe $20 or something like that. It's one of like the cheaper like vacation ideas Simon and I have like taken before. Just like, oh, it's it's cheaper to stay out there. And basically the only thing that's there is Evermore. And then there's some like restaurants that are around. Everything's closed on Sundays because I guess we're deep in Mormon country. So yeah, so it, it is an outside event, which is what we felt like 
would be safer around that time. But I'm just like, uh, it's like way lower than like what we even have here, which is like, you know, still not the most optimal. Yeah, like around 65, 70. Yeah, and it depends on like the county that you're in. And so in their county, they only have like a 37%. Oh my God. Yeah. And so I'm just like, and I don't know how they feel about masks in that area. And also like just the amount of people that would be coming in for that, that brings a whole- Right, right. And I'm risking myself for the the airport because I got to fly over there. Um, So yeah, so we didn't spend any money on that. So I'm just like, I guess I have the opportunity to splurge on something, but yeah, I just don't know. Like, I'm just like, all right, if I get the tattoo and the piercing, is that going to be enough? Is it going to satisfy you? Yeah, I'm just like, I just got to figure out what type of celebration feels like an exclamation point. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it has something to do with a picture or something. Like, I'm just like, I got to have something I dress up. And then because Evermore, I would be able to dress up and there'd be like the cool background of Evermore that would feel more like an experience, I guess. Whereas like when I get the tattoo or get the piercing, it's just like, okay, that was really personal. Yeah. But not very like experiential. Look at me, show off. Right, right. So I'm just like, oh yeah, it doesn't really have that. And then parties, I end up feeling more like nervous about everybody having fun more than like feeling like, oh, there's this attention that's on me. So I'm just like, gosh, what could I do at home? Like in in Illinois, that would feel um, like I did something. You could road trip it. You could do a mural tour in Chicago. Mm. Go do a bunch of murals in like one day. Okay. Um, Are you looking at a list? No, I'm making up with these. I'm coming up with these. Um, ooh, you could do urban exploration is a thought that I have. One of my dreams, or not dreams, I should say. It's not really a dream, <laughs> but one of my goals one day is to just pick a street and like drive up pretty far north mm-hmm. and then just walk south on the street. Like just keep walking for as long as I can and just see what I come across. Mm. Like cafes or cool buildings or cool stores, cool restaurants, like Mm. just walk, just see what there is. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I can find something through, it is October, so maybe I can find something through Atlas Obscura. Ooh, yeah, maybe like a haunted tour Right, right, or a scavenger haunt thing that sometimes they do stuff like that. Scavenger haunt. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like, yeah, maybe something like that could be a good thing. Yeah, I'll have to check their site or something. Yeah, maybe that'll that'll work. Or maybe I could search up like Halloween or fall events happening in October or something. Maybe I can find something. You could do like... Uh, you could do a style swap with someone, maybe. Like, if you have any goth friends, mm. um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> you could, like, yeah. style... S- the- I, I would recommend myself, mm-hmm. but my clothes wouldn't fit you is the oh, thing. Yeah. They would all be, like, three sizes too big, and you'd just drown in them. It would just be accessories. I'm just like, well, 
Yeah, <laughs> but if you have a goth or visual K friend that is like more petite, mm. you could like style swap with them and it could be like a big interesting uh, experience, like how it feels to put it on. Right, there could be something like that. Oh, maybe the Lolitas, you know, they have like, I do have some kind of more, I would say bittersweet Lolita dress that I have not like worn in forever. I don't know why, but I imagine goth Kamila having like Sephiroth hair and like <laughs> a beautiful, fluffy, puffy uh, white shirt. And just, wow, I'm just coming up with this in my head. I don't know why that came up. I don't know. That could be the case. Who knows? (laughs) I was just like, wow, Kamila would look so good with silver hair. Like, damn. (laughs) I don't think I've ever really even tried on silver hair or anything like that. So that would be interesting to see. Maybe I could be seen. Ooh. That could be fun, too. Yeah. But there's time. I have, like, yeah, I have, like, a whole month. To try and figure out some sort of birthday thingy thing. I'll see Raina this weekend. And then I'm supposed to be seeing another friend later in the month. So maybe through like a few different conversations, I'll find the perfect event thing. Yeah, I don't want to be too stressed like on the day. I don't want to be like, oh, the pictures have to be perfect. I hate that too. So mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. What I'm thinking of is not Sephiroth. I'm thinking of Alucard from the Castlevania mm. um, anime. That's what I see you being like dressing up in. That's like my Gonkamila <laughs> image. <laughs> I mean, the closest I had to that was when, like, before I dyed all of my hair, like those rainbow colors, I had to go through like a kind of weird platinum blonde stage. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw me then. You could have. I had a birthday party, and I think. Jesse was able to go to it. It was like a skate party or something like that. Oh, yes. Yes. I remember, vaguely remember. It's in the back of my mind. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of it later. So like, yeah, my afro was all kind of silvery or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see what's what's in the cards. You know, anybody who's a listener or something. Drop your suggestions. Yeah, maybe like message me. On like the heart decor profile <laughs> or something with ideas. We're getting a little bit more serious. There has been an influx of fat phobia in the Lolita community. People are getting... Is it an influx or is it just... Because <laughs> I'm just all like, maybe it's not news. It's not an influx, but people are getting vocal. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. People are getting vocal about their fat phobia. And it's awful. And we should nip it in the bud. For some, it has been nipped in the bud. I'm not going to go into the the details of it because I don't want to cause more waves when it has been resolved between the people that it originally occurred between. Yeah. They, they are cordial and things are fine in that regard. But there were onlookers. There were onlookers who said, nobody asked for your opinion. You're just fat and lazy. And that's awful. This type of behavior that we're seeing online translates over to real life. Mm-hmm. I encourage any everyone who is not fat to recognize 
the implicit biases and the implicit language that people have when they talk about fat people of like, oh, you know, I just think it's lazy. Like, Mm. that's implicit. That is implicit of like fat people are lazy and they deserve to be fat. Fatness is not negative or positive. It's just a thing. So I encourage every straight-sized person to recognize implicit language in real life, recognize overt language, and not to make excuses for people and to talk about it and to... Examine yourselves and mind your business. If it has nothing to do with you, mind your business. Yeah, and to confront the people who aren't minding their business because... When fat people are the only people speaking up for ourselves and the only people who are standing up for ourselves, nothing happens. We can only do so much because we are a minority and we are uh, a group of people that are oppressed throughout society and systemically. Other people need to take up the reins and other people need to support and other people need to talk about it and to call people out on their fat phobia, whether it's implicit or explicit, when fat people are not around. You can't just do it when we're around and while we're listening because that's performative. It needs to happen every time you hear about it. If it's something that you see friends or people you know partaking in, tell them to stop. (laughs) Because it's not okay and it does not belong in the community. It is awful. And, and not that you confronting them is going to change their minds. It just shows them and other people around that that's not going to be tolerated without some pushback. Mm-hmm. So then it'll have them think twice about, I don't know. Being messy in public. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't let them be messy. Tell them to clean up their shit. Right. <laughs> and with that, we would like to give a humble thanks to all of our patrons that support us every month. So big thank you to Maria S., Avery G., Lindsay S., Sella Phyllisy, Bella, Eva Sparkles, Marina K., The Stitches, and Jazz. And Vesper, Jenna S., Candy Graffiti, Dros, Yuki S., Vicky, Messy Toybox, Mariah B., Fluffy Kawaii Joe, Caitlin W, Kaya Tan, Jaded Island, and Poovy Thel. Thank you all so much for being patrons. We greatly appreciate you from the very bottom of our hearts. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. Y'all can go ahead and grab a snack, grab something to drink to keep you quenched. And we are going to jump into our interview for this month. Before we get into our interview for this month, Kamila and I want to let you know about all of the ways that you can support OK Podcast. The best way to support OK is by joining our Patreon. By becoming a patron, you could submit questions to our monthly guests, get access to bonus content and interviews, and be mentioned in our thank yous in every episode. We've opened a shop for OK. To visit our shop, go to ok-podcast.com slash shop. We'll be adding new items to the shop, so check back frequently. While you're on our website, subscribe to our newsletter. We send a wrap-up every month, so you'll know all about the latest OK news. OK Podcast is also affiliated with kawaii fashion brand Holly Tea Time. If you want to buy kawaii clothes, support OK Podcast and get 
15% off, go to hollyteatime.shop slash discount slash podcast. And that is O-K-E-I exclamation point exclamation point capital P-O-D-C-A-S-T. <laughs> yes. Your discount will be automatically put towards your order at checkout. If you want to support OK Podcast for free, tell your friends about us. If you listen on iTunes, leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our posts when you see them. We'd love to grow the community around OK, and all of this helps to do so. And with that, let's head into this month's interview. And welcome back. Today, we are speaking with our friend, Randa. Randa has worked for many years to turn her creativity into a career. She is a freelance artist specializing in cartoon illustration, toy design, costume building, and fashion design. She grew up obsessed with dolls, cartoon characters, and female icons of the 90s and 2000s and wanted her world to be just as cute and colorful. Randa started drawing her own colorful characters and stories to compensate for not being able to literally transform into a magical girl. (laughs) She creates her own reality of cuteness overload through her artwork and clothes that make people say, oh my god, this is so cute. I totally relate to not being able to transform into a magical person because I (laughs) struggle with that all the time constantly mm-hmm. yeah i was like hey mom like is this possible and she's like no go sit down <laughs> i'm like all right it's like mom can i be like a princess when i grow up it's like sure honey sure <laughs> <laughs> exactly i remember thinking like one day like oh can i have my hair as long as sailor moon and i'm just like wait that would be like a really long time of <laughs> growing your hair and it would probably hurt your neck a lot and <laughs> yeah we were like no nah, i could do that yeah i could do that it's totally possible mm-hmm, totally possible <laughs> and you know there are just some days where a magical transformation would be so convenient i want to be cute and i want to dress up but that takes so long can't it just be like 30 seconds right. and i'm done right i also always wonder what it feels like like does it tickle is it like <laughs> what does the light feel like yeah right is it warm <laughs> it's a literal laser beam and they're like shedding their skin every time <laughs> yeah like do you feel the whole thing like do you kind of black out while it's happening right. like i <laughs> yeah i've always wondered i'm like i just want to know but then also i want to be ready in 30 seconds like you said and you know that's a lot of layers and that'd be really convenient if it like a wave of a wand would just do all the layers for you yeah so easy so randa how did you get into j fashion and what's your participation in j fashion like now I've always dressed kind of like cute, fun, because I'm just that kind of person. I never really liked wearing plain clothes. Um, I've worked very, very few jobs even that required uniforms. And after I left the last job that required a uniform, I'm like, well, I'm never going to do that again. Um, (laughs) My soul feels like it's hurting and it's crying. (laughs) I never want to wear like a blue Mm -hmm. polo ever again. I don't want to do any of that. I never want to have to wear a smock. And the 
job I work now, like I just work in a little like independent shop. I dress however I want. And the girls I work with, we're all like kind of into different uh, alt fashions and we all just kind of wear what we want. And it doesn't really take away all the negative parts of like your life, but it makes things a lot easier when you're dressed cute and you can feel good about yourself. But you're like, oh, you know, me getting yelled at by a customer isn't that bad. If I'm wearing, you know, a cute skirt today because, you know, I'm like, oh, cute skirt. Haha. Like, I'm like, this isn't that bad. And uh, yeah, that's how I started wearing J fashion because I just wanted to wear cute stuff in everyday life. I watched a lot of cartoons. I just consumed like, a lot of media that involved like female icons like a Sailor Moon or Bratz. Like I wanted to be a Bratz doll so fucking bad. Like I was just like, mom, I'm like, mom, I want to be that. I want to look like that. And she's just like, oh, my gosh, she's like, you need to calm down. And I'm like, but I'm like, I want to dress like the dolls, mom. Like they look so cool and yeah I wanted to be that for so long which it's kind of funny now how you know brats are like kind of coming back and mm-hmm. everyone wants to be a brat stall and I feel like everyone my age like in their 20s like we all just kind of dress like our own version of our own brat stall right now mm-hmm. like we all just kind of became that that's kind of how I started it it just like kind of came from like everything I watched and I wanted to dress up like the characters like as cosplay first but then I said but what if like it wasn't a costume because my parents were kind of like, hey, kid, like this is cool and all, but like no costumes at school, no costumes mm. at family events. So I'm like, but what if it wasn't a costume, though? And I'm like, what if it was just my outfit? Right. And I just started wearing it like that and wearing you know outfits that were inspired by things that I watched or you know, like girls I watched on TV, like Avril Lavigne. I wanted to dress like her for oh, like yeah, a little while. Me too. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, I remember her clothing line at Ross. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I had like her dresses and stuff for homecoming, and oh my god, I wanted to like look like her so much. And I remember also like Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana when that was popping. I wanted to be like her so bad, and I'm like, I want to dress like that, and I still want to dress like Miley all the time. I'm like, I even though I try to like do other things, I kind of drift back and I'm like I want to be Hannah Montana again <laughs> like that was fun I said Ross I think it was Kohl's where they had Avril Lavigne's line yeah it was like Abby Dawn I think so I got some stuff I remember at a it was like at a JC Penney's too I guess I n- I've never like shopped at Ross or Kohl's really but I do want to whenever I'm in the area I'm just like Simon can we go into Kohl's randomly I know people shop there. There could be nice things. And then it's just like, we're not here to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, the boyfriend line. It's like, that's not what we're here to do. We have a schedule. We have an agenda. And I'm like, but it's only going to take like a few minutes. They're like, no, I know what few minutes means. And that's not, no. (laughs) And I know you're going to find like 10 things in there magically. Yeah. (laughs) Ross is weird. Like Ross is a liminal space. You go in there and time does not exist. Things do not exist. It is just the weirdest freaking place. There is no sunlight at Ross. Honestly. No sunlight. (laughs) The clothing section, there's barely any rhyme or reason. The shoe section is a wreck. The kids toy section is a disaster zone. And then there's just like a random section that's just like canned food or like packaged goods, packaged foods. Or weird, like <laughs> high shelf, like snacks. Yeah, yeah, it's like really weird assortment of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like French cookies. And it's like, why do you have this in here? Right. <laughs> yeah, like pink Himalayan salt. And I'm like, why do you have this in the exactly. middle of this aisle? Like, I don't like see what the pattern is. There is no right. It is just whatever comes through their door. It's like, yes, we will take it. 
I've gotten some good like finds though at Rosso. Like, yeah, they've they have like some accessories sometimes. Mm-hmm. It kind of depends where you're at. But yeah, I've gotten accessories from there. I think I've gotten some like kind of like pop K kind of clothes from there before where you can get like cool patterns and stuff, but yeah, you can get a lot of bootleg clothes from there too. I've gotten like some really like cute, like fun, like bootleg clothes, like the color block sweaters. I think they came out with. They were supposed to be like, uh, I, it was like really uh, like colorful and fun. And it was it was obviously like a rip off of like Teddy Fresh like uh, oh, merchandise, yeah. and it, but it has it has like a panda on it. And it says so fresh, and so on the back, fresh. the back has yeah. It's like it just the whole thing was just so great, and the back had a dabbing panda on it, oh and I'm like, oh my god. That's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Ross is so weird. Thank you for describing to me, Ross. You're so <laughs> welcome. I Ross is... My mom loves Ross, so I've gone into many a Ross. Makes me think of Welcome to Night Vale. Honestly, there should be an episode surrounding the Ross. Right. <laughs> Just a really weird, like, uh, resale stores where, like, I've found accessories. I've told so many people, like, my list of stores in the area I go to. And, like, yeah, Ross is one of them where I'm like, eh, you might find some stuff there. I'm like, hit or miss. But I'm like, eh, you might find some cool stuff there. They have, like, cute things, like, once in a while where you can get, like, a pack of, like, hair bows for, like, $2 sometimes. You got that good uh, wholesale overflow, overstock kind of stuff. Right. So... You started from just like dressing alternatively and then developing into J fashion. We've touched briefly on what you do with J fashion now. Um, What was the first iteration of like your dressing alternative? Like the first style I really got into, uh, I got into like scene and emo like for a little bit. I think more scene because I'm, I'm way too into color for like full goth or full emo. Like I'm in that mood sometimes, but... I got in the scene a little bit. Um, I was a Sam Rio ho before that was like even a thing. <laughs> like I was in like sixth grade and everyone was like, there's that Hello Kitty girl that like yeah. everyone is afraid to talk to. Because I'm just like, you so want to see my Hello Kitty earrings? I have a Hello Kitty bag too. And they're like, all right. And I'm like, but it's so cool. Look at it. And yeah, oh my God, it's so funny now seeing how many like other people there are around like that are literally the same exact thing where they just wear like Hello Kitty, Sanrio, everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it wasn't just me. You were um, ahead of the times. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was set, I was setting the path. But uh, yeah, I kind of got into that. And when I found out like what J Fashion really was, uh, funny how I've had the same story that I think several other people have told me where they say, I got into Lolita when I found out what that was. But then there were parts of Lolita I didn't really <laughs> like. So I went elsewhere and I... I think I started, I think, mainly with just, like, general kawaii and, like, uh, fairy K and decora type of things. And I really got into fairy K and decora, I think, more than uh, Lolita and other things that I did. But, yeah, I just kind of branched off. And I think nowadays I'm decora is probably, like, one of my main things because it's something that I just never get sick of. It's something you can change up every single time you do it. And you can mix it with so many different styles. I think that's just why I always stuck with it. And I'm just an extra bitch. So I think that's also <laughs> why I just, I can't like, you know, shake it off of me. I think I just have to be extra all the time. Yeah. We need to hang out more. I feel like I don't see other Decora people in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Like I took a break from J fashion for a while. And I, I think about like you and the other guys too, for like, uh, you know, once in a while where I'm like, huh, I kind of miss those guys. Like they were really fun <laughs> to hang out with. And I like got distracted by, you know, other ventures I was on, but I kind of stopped those. And I went to um, an anime con over the summer and I sold like as my brand, uh, Kawaii Rice again. 
And it was like, it was actually really fun. And I met like so many people and they came up to the booth and said like, oh my God, like I want to be this like in my everyday mm-hmm. life. I'm like, why don't you? And they're like, I might. I'm like, why don't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah. I'm like, you say you want to. What's stopping you? Just wear a colorful bracelet. It's not going to kill you. Like, I, don't... I dare you. I'll bully you into wearing alternative <laughs> fashion. I'm going to football coach you into this. Right? I'm like, put it on. <laughs> So how would you define what a furry is? I think people have like different thoughts about like what it means to like be a furry and be in the furry community. And I just want to like have the definition from someone that's like participates in it. I guess the standard definition would be it's people who are interested in anthropomorphic animal characters, which are, you know, these characters with human personalities and characteristics. So it could be any kind of animal and, you know, any scale of, you know, that if they include like some kind of uh, human uh, characteristics like uh, intelligence or uh, talking, walking, wearing clothes, things like that. Like there's a lot of things that count is like what a furry is or what like you're if you're interested in things like that um there's a lot of you know obviously when people hear the word furry there's a lot of speculation that goes around it like you know there's a lot of people that hear that I'm a furry and they're just like what do you mean (laughs) and I'm just like well I'm like well tell me what you think that means and I'm like well I'm pretty sure that whatever you think is like uh, a little Mm -hmm. skewed but it's okay but yeah I think it's just anyone who's just into like animal human-ish characters like any like mash between those two and people can deny it all they want but if you're into certain characters like you're you could be considered a furry like one of my best friends is a comedian and one of uh, the characters he does uh wears a pigeon head and i tell him all the time like well you know you're a furry right he's like i'm not a furry i'm like um, <laughs> you're wearing an animal head furry sorry <laughs> like, that's You've just made how it up is a character you play as this character doing your sets that's that's furry like behavior exactly <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, you're mixing animal behavior and human behavior. I'm like, furry. And he's like, I'm not a furry. I'm like, you can be in denial all you want, but I know the truth. You might be a furry. (laughs) If you wear an animal head. Exactly. Like, you might be a furry if. (laughs) New set idea. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah, that's great. I have such a similar story in, like, that vein because... For the past, like, oh, man, like eight, nine years, I would say, uh, I've always had friends who were furries throughout my entire life. And, like, I never was really super into it, but I would be, like, super supportive of them. And, like, I would, like, reblog or retweet different art pieces of, like, furry media because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, just supporting artists and I'm supporting my friends. And (laughs) all my friends would be like, Hayden, do you want a furry? I'm like, no, I'm not really a furry. And they'd, like, side-eye me and they'd be like, hmm. Okay. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But what if you just tried it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I trap people too. I, I know that move. They're like, but what if you just tried it? What if I drew you something and you liked it? And they're like, mm, I don't know, man. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And you'll see how you, and you know, like that's, that's how it was. Like I had two friends draw me, like draw me a fursona like three different times, three different fursonas. One was a mouse. One was a sloth, and I don't remember what the other one was. I think it was a deer. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's cute, but it's just not really me. Is that because I was in denial of what I really wanted, <laughs> which was a cat. I wanted a cat. <laughs> 
Denial. Furry denial. But I didn't want to be the basic bitch that had a cat persona. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, like, well, sometimes you just got, you, sometimes you're you're born with a basic persona and that you just have to accept it. <laughs> but once you find your, your sona, you, you know, you're like, that's me. I, I've always, I've denied it for too long and I am finally embracing it. <laughs> I think like I've definitely got into the whole cat thing. Like I think it was from Fruit Basket and I went to my first convention and found a orange Kyo hat. He had like the angry eyes and like <laughs> the little like vein sticking out of the, the hat and stuff. And I was just like, yes, I'm going to wear this all the time. And I loved wearing that. And then I was just like, after that, I was just like any cat ear thing. I was like, when Yaya Han had her cat ear line thing like I would get all the color iterations that I felt like I liked and then I really liked doing the choker with the bell and then um and then you just start walking around saying neko neko and you're like oh no what's happening (laughs) right at some point I I I had a tail (laughs) and so I was like walking around with that and there was like a family intervention about it. Um, oh no! Did you go to school with the tail on? Tell me, did you go? To school I didn't on? go to school. Oh, wait, I went to college. I went to college with the tail on because okay. I was just like, I'm like, eh, that's a little more acceptable because like, hey, you're an adult, do what you want. But yeah, like, oh I'm my an gosh, adult, right? So yeah, so I loved all that stuff, and I think I was at a party once, and then someone who was actually like a furry or was act or active in the furry community just like notice that I wore those things and I'm just like yeah I just like cat stuff and cat accessories and then she's just like oh okay like you might be a furry and I'm just like no I don't have the suit or I don't think I'm an animal and I'm just like um I don't know (laughs) yeah and that's what a lot of people assume what a furry is it's like oh as someone who thinks that they're like part animal or someone who like has to wear a fursuit like I have a part fursuit that I did because I was just interested in like how fursuits were made and I thought they were really cool looking but yeah like you don't have to be like in a fursuit or like like want to be an animal to like, be a furry and that's I think that's what a lot of people like generally think of right right and I didn't really like I didn't really have like the hate of furries I'm just like I don't really know furries I know there's this cringe factor people feel about them but I didn't really believe that either I'm just like well it can't be just this sexual thing there's all this stuff that comes before someone would have that I guess that's like separate I feel right um. <laughs> that's kind of how it happens when people started like asking me like when I started started getting the furry things and they ask like you know oh are you a furry i'm like yeah and they're just like oh like so like what does that mean i'm like if you're thinking like it's some kind of sexual thing i'm like why would you assume that i'm like maybe you're weird for assuming that and like i'm just like drawing colorful like you know little like bears and cat characters i don't know what you're talking right, about right so yeah so i didn't really know what they meant and she was being like it's okay it's okay if you're a furry and i'm just like what? I don't, I didn't make that decision yet. Um, but thank you for telling me that it's okay. The conversation kind of like stuck in my mind. I'm just all like, well, if I ever wanted to be a furry, I, I guess I could. But I still had this like barrier of like, you gotta have the first and you gotta have the first. So you gotta be, you gotta be doing more than what I'm doing to uh, be this thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And that's like what kind of stops a lot of people. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people get stopped like from getting into like not just like furries, but a lot of like little different subcultures because they think, well, oh, I'm not fully in it. So like I, I don't want to go in there and like seem like I'm lame or like people are going to be like, oh, you don't even mm-hmm. have a persona. And I'm just yeah. like, it doesn't matter. You can go in it and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just interested in it. Like my boyfriend went with me. Uh, at the time to my first furry con and he was super supportive and he was just like oh yeah like I have a fursona in mind I just don't have it drawn out but I like this stuff I think it's cool I think that was another big thing that stopped me from like embracing the title was just like oh you know I don't want to like get a fursuit and I don't want to do a partial fursuit and I don't really want to like draw it a whole lot just because like that's not my art style but like you don't gotta you don't gotta do all that Right, right. Right. So you talked about your boyfriend getting into it initially. How did you get into the furry community? Uh, Well, I remember as far as back as like fourth grade, me and my best friend at the time, we did this thing where we'd take like a stack of paper, you fold in half and, you know, it makes like a little book and we'd like write little comics uh, together. Like at that time, like we didn't even know like what furry meant. That was like way back when, like, you know, I'm not that old, but I mean, that was maybe like what, like 2004. So like, I didn't know really like what furries were, but we used to draw just like little animal characters that we came up with. And I don't remember all the ones that I drew, but I do remember that ugh, this is like so embarrassing to admit. We used to draw Sonic OCs all the time. Oh like we were really into that for a while. Yeah. And like I tell everyone that like, we had a little book with like all our stupid little Sonic OCs in it. And like even to this day, I like, hey, like, do you remember when we were in like elementary school and you used to make those like MS Paint videos of your OC with Sonic? And she's like, stop, we don't talk about that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on. Like, they're so cute. Like, it was a good OC. Like, don't get rid of it. Come on. <laughs> Can I ask uh, what year you were born? Oh, yeah, I was born in uh, 95. Gotcha. So I, I'm three years younger than you. And in my, like, just in those three years, the, the big hype train for, like, my age group at the time was Warrior Cats. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. My little sister's Warrior Cats, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I totally know what you mean of, like, the... Uh, the freaking AMVs and like mm-hmm. recolors of yeah. already existing characters. I totally get it. Right. Play, playing warrior cats on the playground. <laughs> I used to draw those all the time and it was just like, oh yeah, I, I obviously grew out of that, but I had started making like my own characters and I started um, eventually making um, like My Little Pony uh, OCs because I was into that for a little bit. And I made a ton of those because that was like kind of my like my shtick for a little bit and I used to make them uh, just uh, for other people or I would just like draw you know fan art with them in it and uh, I think we like me and my partner made maybe like over a hundred at one point there were some like static characters in there that were just kind of like oh this one like looks like you know a cup of ramen noodles or like this one has like you know a job and a career and you know a hobby and like you know we kind of like went into like a lot of the characters but a lot of them were static but we made a lot and it was just kind of like a good creative outlet, I guess. And when I started doing Fandomoses, I started doing my own. And I found out what furry characters were. And I found out what fursonas were. And Pinterest kind of got me into more of like the fursuits too. Of like just seeing like uh, people's like fursuits up close. And seeing like their character like reference sheets up close. Like I didn't grow up with uh, like immediate access to the internet for a long time. So I guess I just wasn't into like some of the other like websites that I've talked to like other furries that they said, oh, I found like this furry art board or I found like this furry group. I didn't really get into that till I was like much older, probably like college. And 
I got into like more personas, like specifically and figuring out what exactly a persona was and just like how you get into that and how you can create your own characters, like specifically like within like furry fandoms, like there's no like real set rules, but everyone kind of follows like, you know, general standards mm-hmm. of like how to make their like uh, characters and their sonas. That's interesting. So you got started being into the furry community. Can you describe to us like your current fursona or plural fursonas? <laughs> Yeah, um, I have like a main persona and then yeah, I have like um, other ones that are like also like kind of like my mains, but they're like a little bit like on the side. My main persona is an alpaca. Oh, cool. Because, you know, obviously they're really cute and I'm one of those people that collects, you know, all the alpaca like plushies that I see. I have to grab every single one every time <laughs> it's Valentine's Day or Christmas and they have like the aisle full of stuffed animals. I go through and grab every single one. Even if it says llama, I just tell my I tell uh, my friends, well, guess what? Uh, this isn't a llama. This is an alpaca. We'll just pretend like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and people always say like, isn't that the same thing? And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> It's not, but it is in this case for me. <laughs> right. They're within the same family, but they're two different uh, species. Yeah, when I picked my persona, I was like thinking for a long time, like what kind of animal would I actually be? And there was a few different things I thought of, but alpaca stuck out to me because, yeah, I thought they were cute, but also I looked into them a little bit more and I found out that uh, the noise that they make is like a humming sound and my boyfriend at the time like laughed so hard he's like you literally do that noise all the time (laughs) he's like every time you're frustrated or mad you're just like and i'm like yeah that's me (laughs) no now it has to be my persona i'm like damn (laughs) okay (laughs) so i picked uh alpaca and her name is luana panopaca which uh luana is like a a south american like inspired name her last name too it comes from that too uh her first the first part of her last name means uh cloth in portuguese which is uh alpacas are useful for mainly is for their fibers and they make a uh, cloth and fabrics out of it so I kind of like thought about that like when I picked her and I said I'm like well if this is gonna be me she could be like you know super cute looking but also I'm like she make fabrics out of her fiber and then it, you know makes like cute clothes out of it I'm like yep oh, me that's, that's and then I just like you know drew a little cute dress on her and I'm like that's me <laughs> I love that is the character like any special like colors or is it like the natural colors of alpacas uh, she's a uh, pink because you know that's my favorite color and i was just like Very i want her good. like to be like a yeah <laughs> yeah obviously like i was like she has to be pink like that's just a requirement and uh, she's like a light pink color and uh in her main like drawing i have her in i have her like in a purple like lolia dress because it kind of contrasts a little bit her, her standard form is like her in a lolia dress because it just seemed uh like a little bit appropriate for like me as like fashion wise because I I like Lolita and like even though I'm not super into it as much as I used to be but I still like it and also because she's an animal I tried to think about like well a lot of animal characters like you can put pants on some of them but not all of them are very suitable for pants so I'm like okay she has to wear like a skirt it seemed good and like yeah it kind of fit the aesthetic of Lolita too because you know alpacas are kind of a a main theme in uh, a lot of uh, Lolita prints and uh, different like motifs and stuff like that I definitely feel that because then it's like you've got the little Bo Peep thing that gets connected to Lolita Mm, by like normies when they see us in in Lolita so then that makes me think of like oh you're like a like a shepherd of you know alpacas or llamas or something like that and that seems like a good outfit like connected to that um this is so cool 
It's like a whole different like world and stuff. This is a pretty good uh, discussion topic. I was surprised that you guys picked it because like yeah, a lot of people don't like to associate with furry fandom a lot. So right, right. Uh, that like hurts my heart a little bit, but it just like <laughs> you got to be careful about like saying that you're a furry or like yeah because when you hear that word it like especially with tiktok because like furries are kind of resurging a little bit mm-hmm. which it's a good thing because uh when i went to anime midwest there was a lot more furries than i expected and a lot more just people wearing cat ears in general and just like wearing animal like little accessories i also feel like realistic ears are getting more play now with the fur and instead of it just being like a a flat headband sort of thing so i'm just like oh that's really cool and i'm really into them i'm just like oh my gosh it's so cool it's like realistic but not realistic and then it's colorful then sometimes they could put like the piercings that they put in the ear and like oh yeah the airbrushing they're like adding on and i'm just like oh man that's so cool yeah i seen this one artist who did like uh like pig ears and they were oh, like like fuzzy pig ears with like little like airbrush spots and I'm like oh, I kind of want those. Yeah, and I've been seeing like tiger ear and tail sets and I'm just like tiger. That's mm, ah. And you know, just like the general fantasy vibe is like becoming more and more welcomed in mm-hmm. like general society with like the prominence of elf ears now. Oh yeah. Yeah, like e-girls kind of picked up that stuff up and it just kind of took off when like e-girls got it and they're just like, oh like I think cat ears are cute and it just kind of took off and like I think elf ears are cute and yeah, like everyone's just kind of wearing ears now. It's good, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, everybody needs ears. I totally agree. I need to get a new pair of elf ears because my other ones have their deteriorating deteriorating with these <laughs> yeah me and my friends want to do like a uh, goblin like personas yes. and we want to get like goblin ears yeah oh my gosh that's hayden for sure because yeah. <laughs> we're all, we're all like floor goblins here so like we're just like we might as well just like you know <laughs> make it real i love a good goblin oh my goodness once you get it please send it to me because i just want to draw it for fun oh for sure because like yeah elf ears are cool but like you know the whole fairy aesthetic i'm like i never really felt it because i'm like i'm not dainty i'm like i'm a thick bitch so you know i'm like i feel more goblin than fairy and i'm like yes i feel i feel content here and like (laughs) the etherealness i just like i don't have it I <laughs> I just like to do my funky walks and I'm just like ah, hello where like where's the trash I want to see what I can find <laughs> right when I like you know I walk across the room and I look for like the scrap and leftovers on the counter and just start eating them at 2 a.m. <laughs> That's when your goblin fursona is coming out. No, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So how did you end up combining the two interests of furry and alternative fashion into one thing? When and how did that combination happen? Because, you know, it's not super often that you see furries in like, clothes that are not like kind of normie clothes. That's like the most typical I find. Well, nowadays, I actually see a lot more uh, J-Fashion, like, furry characters coming out. Because that's kind of how I, like, combined the two. When I was making, like, my characters and my persona, I was like, well, I want, like, her to wear J-Fashion. I want her to, like, wear a cute dress and accessories and stuff. And I drew her up and I was, like, trying to, like, you know, put the clothes on her in a way that, you know, fit her form and, like, fit her animal, like, you know, characteristics. Or, you know, she's, like, really fluffy. 
So I'm like, okay, she has to wear like a puffier dress that has, you know, like looser sleeves on it. Yeah, that's how I kind of got into that, like combining the two and just finding like where the like, good like middle ground was. And I've drawn her in a couple different outfits. And there, yeah, there's just some things that don't really like work well with her. But Lolita like really works with her because she's also, like I said, just like really fluffy. And like the whole like, you know, petticoat, like, you know, cute aesthetic, like being like fluffy and cute is kind of works out for her. And I when I went to my first uh, fur con, I was actually surprised there were a couple other uh, furries there who had like fur suits with like J fashion uh, inspiration in, in them, and then they like ran over to me. They're like, "Oh my god, we need to take a picture!" Like there was a girl with like this one of like the iconic fairy case sweaters, like the ones from the, the sparkly like uh, yeah, sweaters from oh the eighties. Everyone the like tries to hunt after, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I love your sweater. And she's like, thank you. I paid a lot of money for it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it looks so good. It, it was, like, really fun. And actually, uh, I can't remember their name. But I met someone, like, through Anime Cons who has, like, um, like a fursuit head. And they put, like, a bunch of accessories on it. And I was just like, yeah, like, I could do that with mine. Like, that'd be cool. And I kind of mixed them together. And then when I did other character designs for, like, uh, like uh, Milo Ponies, I made a, a whole series. I think it was like three or four of them. I based uh, characters just off of uh, J Fashion. We just did them for fun. Like I did uh, a character based on Decora, and she had like a bunch of uh, hair clips and like a band aid on her nose and like a bunch of like stickers all over. And I have one that was based off of uh, Lolita, and I had another one that was based off of Fairy K. And yeah, that was like really fun. That's why I started like combining the two like a lot where I was just kind of like drawing characters either just like for fun or I would draw them, you know, just for practice. And I was uh, combining the two and being like, oh, well, I need an idea like, you know, to draft up a character like, oh, I'll base it on this outfit I saw like yesterday that I thought was cute. And I just kind of like started drafting them up like that way. And it just really helped me creatively, I guess, uh, come up with ideas and really express both things at once because like i couldn't drop either one like i couldn't drop animal characters because you know like we were talking about furry denial anyone who's into like old disney movies where the main characters are animals walking around and wearing clothes i'm sorry you're an you're in furry denial (laughs) all those characters are like that's they're furry characters and that's why I liked combining that with, like, my own fashion because, you know, when you see humanized, like, animal characters in cartoons as a kid, you think about, like, oh, which one you relate to the most, which one you like the most. And you're like, oh, like, I really like that one character. Like, I know uh, when Zootopia came out, there was, you know, a lot of people that were into the different characters from Zootopia. And that's another, you know, topic of furry fandom where people are like, oh, if you're into Zootopia, you're a furry. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And uh, you can, like, you know, make different outfits. I've seen people draw a lot of different, you know, Disney characters specifically of, like, you know, in different outfits and different uh, stories. And a lot of people who do uh, Disney bounding, I feel like that relates a lot where it, like, Disney bounding has, like, become its own, like, fashion style. And they take these animal characters and they humanize them. And they make them into outfits. And I thought that was really cool. I've seen other people take, like, you know, cartoon characters and just, like, be like, oh, well, I really want them to do an outfit based on, like, one of my favorite Care Bears. And they kind of, like, pick a color, pick a a theme for it, and they, like, base it around that character. And that's where I kind of really like the way that they overlay because it really helps you creatively. I never thought about Care Bears being furry. Yeah, they count. I always see them more as like a toy, you know? I never really thought of them as an animal. I just saw them as like a stuffed plush. That's really interesting. Like I'm getting hit with like realization. 
Can I ask what some of that experimentation with combining J fashion with your alpaca fursona looked like? What were some of the uh, the failures and then the successes that you had when trying to combine those things? Um, mostly it was trying to get the fashion to fit her anatomy mm. because when you're working with like, an, you know, animal characters or, you know, anthropomorphic characters, it's like, you know, you have to consider their anatomy because most humans, even though we're all different shapes and sizes, like we all have skin, we all have hair, we all have, you know, eyes, you know, and our face, our facial structure is generally the same. But with animals, it's like you have to consider, do they have a muzzle? How many eyes do they have? Do they have um, like a chin? Do they have a neck? Do they have like, a long neck, a short neck? Do they have a long torso, a, like a wide torso? And it's just like a lot of different factors you have to like uh, consider when you're making like, you know, a character with J fashion on because, you know, they might be human ish, but there's certain things that you just can't put on them. Like I said, you can't put pants on certain, you know, furry characters. Some of them you can, and I'll give them props. I've made very few furry characters that can actually wear pants, like, and make it look good. Unless they're, like, more human than animal. I like drawing animal characters a lot more because I hate drawing hands. I hate <laughs> yeah. it. I suck at it. So I started drawing animal characters, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, well... My alpaca only has two toes. That's good enough for me. <laughs> I feel like I suck at drawing animals. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did too, but when I started drawing furry characters, it's kind of like you can kind of play with the anatomy rules, like according to like mm. your liking. Like there's like the scale of a feral animal, like where it's on all fours or something, and it's more like animal than human. But then there's like more human-like, where you said wearing cat ears, like that could count as being you know a furry character, like just a girl wearing cat ears. Mew Mew Power is probably like the best example I can think of. But you kind of get to play around with it and like see what works for you. I drew so many drafts. Yeah, a lot of them look horrendous, but it's part of the process. You kind of just have to draw like a million different drafts to get to the right one. And when I finally got to the dress that she currently wears, like mainly I'm like, okay, this is good. And I'm like, okay, well, can she wear like a little hat or like a bow? And I kind of played around with that, like to see what looked good against like the like the fluffy layers and just making sure that it all kind of fit together and a lot of trial and error. But eventually, like once like I got her outfit, I'm like, OK, yeah, she looks good. That's just really interesting because you brought up the amazing point that most humans come in like the same form. But like once you expand outside of that, it's like, OK, they're not just quadrupedal. You're getting more than four limbs in there. And that's when things get really tough, in my opinion. Right. Sometimes they don't even have limbs. I've seen people do, like, snake OCs with, like, no limbs. I've seen people do snake OCs with legs. And I'm like, how do you do that and make it look good? I I would fail miserably. Oh, okay. When you wear J fashion, do you ever incorporate fluffy ears that may look like an alpaca or, like, do anything like that? Or are you mostly into just, like, illustrating your fursona and things like that? Oh, I incorporate um, into my outfits sometimes. Uh, I've worn, like, the clip-on tail that I have. It's, like, just, a, like, really short, but it's just, like, a cute little, you know, accessory that you can add to an outfit, and I've worn the fluffy ears, too. In my fursuit partial, uh, the legs that I made for it are basically just leg warmers. They're just, like, fuzzy leg warmers, and then at the bottom, I just wear these, like, little slipper shoes that have the two toes on them uh, that look like her feet, and... When I'm walking normal, like, it's just most comfortable for me to just walk, you know, flat foot normal with those on. But if I take a picture, like, I can stand up, like, on the balls of my feet, and it looks like the arch that most alpacas have. So I'm like, oh, I could wear, like, these leg warmers with, like, you know, a cute, you know, quiet outfit, and it would be like, oh, they look like alpaca legs, but I would be, like, mostly human, like, from, like, the waist up. 
I remember there were these shoes, there were these heels that didn't have a heel. They would balance it out in a way where you wouldn't really see a heel. It would just be like the front part. I was obsessed with those for a minute. I was just like, oh my gosh, the heelless heels. <laughs> I liked that um, that idea. Yeah, I had a pair of those shoes before for like a cosplay. It was a pony character. She was based on Lady Gaga, which uh, I thought was really interesting when they made her. She was actually in the show and I picked an outfit that Lady Gaga actually did it was like one of her grammy's uh, outfits where she had the heelless heels and she had like the galaxy dress with all the rings around it yeah i thought those are super cool like they hurt really bad anyone who hasn't say. worn them they yeah they hurt really bad they're good for pictures uh not for practical use mm -hmm. but that's when i considered when i made my first suit partial i'm like do i want to do those shoes and i'm like Mm, I'd rather be comfortable because the rest of the outfit is pretty comfortable. So I went around for like little like slipper flats that were a pink fleece color. And I kind of just like modified those to be the shoes for, like for the legs part. And yeah, then when I stand up like on the balls of my feet, it looks like the arch. And then when I'm done taking the pictures for somebody, then I can just like, you know, go back to like walking flat and be comfortable. Even just like with some shoes that I have just for every day, they're super uncomfortable and I can only imagine... Y'all are brave. That's all I have to say. Y'all are brave. <laughs> so when you put these like outfits together or sell your accessories and things at furry conventions, like what has been the reaction by these two communities, like the J fashion community versus like the furry community to your combination of interests? Well, the furry community is generally really supportive. Uh, a lot of them give me compliments on my persona or when I did go to a uh, furry con. They really did like my uh, my fursuit partial and they said like, oh my gosh, like that's such a cute dress. And like, oh, what kind of animal are you? And they, I tell them and they say, oh my God, that's so cute. And they're like, you remind me of like all the alpacas like that I see in like the crane machines. And Aww. yeah, like they're like, they're really supportive and they're really nice. And a lot of people that I met that were also in the J fashion, uh, some of them that had it like in their fursona already or some people didn't. And I talked to them and they'd be like, oh, I kind of want to mix J fashion into my fursona now. Like mm -hmm. I kind of want to draw them in like a cute little outfit. They're generally like really accepting the j fashion community uh, generally yeah i get like positive feedback because they think it's cute when i like draw my character or, like you know dress up and put little like you know furry parts in there but there are some people that are you know kind of like a gatekeeping part of the community and they say like well i don't think you should be mixing those together and i think you should be dressing like this or people who are kind of sticklers for like rules and they think that you know doing mashups between two aren't like aren't cool or they think that it's lame or they think that it's like disrespectful to like the gods of the fashion right, that they're yeah. in and I'm like I don't know why like people are like you can't do that and I'm like who said I couldn't <laughs> it's really weird I think it's an issue of like well particularly with um I guess the furry like misconceptions of just like the furry community is only like a kink or something like that and I think with Lolita, the prevailing like message is just like, we don't want to be sexualized in our fashion. Right. And so then if they only connect people who express their sexuality through their like persona or something like that, they just only think about like 
that side of it then they like feel like oh, okay so this is sexualizing our fashion by you wearing tiger ears and tail that's like to me my only associ- association with the furry community is like pornography or something like that and so there's like yeah like a big thing against that like I remember two conversations possibly on Ruffle Chad, not sure. I remember one beginner person, they were like wearing cat ears or something and trying to do more like Lolita. And then it's just like, well, maybe like subtract the cat ears and stuff. That's not really Lolita. When Lolita brands have released animal ears that are brand like. Right, right. It's like kind of seen as like a confusion of just like, oh, you think this is that and it's not. And if you're a beginner, like you need to just like focus on the fashion and then maybe way later you can maybe incorporate it or you'll grow out of that phase by then (laughs) of like even wanting to put the animal thing involved with it. Thinking about that now in this conversation, I'm just like, oh, that could be some of that element of just like, I guess the fear of the sexualness being attached to Lolita at all or it being seen more as a cosplay sort of thing if you add animal ears to it. When I really think like, oh, well, what if somebody was already like in the furry community and wanted to dress as like their fursona, but in order to do that, they'd have to wear like Lolita and it's just like, oh, well, subtract the ears. And it's just like, well, no, the ears are a part of what I am al- what I already am slash doing. So <laughs> that needs to be involved. It can't be subtracted. You um, can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I thought about when I made like my partial because I said I can't really make a full fursuit because I was I was a beginner and I'm, I'm still pretty new to a lot of the things involved with fursuit making. But I was like, well, I'm going to do just partial. I'm like, OK, well, what can I wear to cover the middle part? that isn't going to be covered in fur and I'm like oh well Lolita dresses because they have so many layers I'm like oh I, I don't even have to wear alpaca sleeves like I could wear like my blouse that covers most of my arms and wear the hands and then have like the dress and then just wear the legs and then wear like from the neck and then the head but yeah like you can't just tell me like well take the head off and I'm like well I can't do that <laughs> that you're breaking the magic mm-hmm. right like oh that's not Lolita anymore that's furry and it's just all like no it's like both you um kind of incorporate both things like just take the animal part as like that's the person yeah so if you were telling an animal person <laughs> though ex- describing this to them just take your ears off right just take your ears off <laughs> just like no that's that's me <laughs> right and i i feel like a lot of that cringe factor is still associated with furry for people who are in many parts of the j fashion community I feel like a lot of people have definitely like shirked that off, but I don't understand it because Lolita in and of itself has like, is how many of us got into J fashion and it has many of the same connotations to outsiders because of the name. Right. Yeah. Right. People hear Lolita and it's just like, oh my God, that's a sexual thing. Or they see the way we're dressed and they say, oh my God, that's a sexual thing. Like, that's gross. Or it's like, that's cringy. 
And I don't understand why some people can't offer that same kindness to the furry community that they do to themselves or other different fashions. Why is it a double standard in that way? Exactly. Furries are always going to be cringe. That's just something that, you know, is associated, which I was afraid of when I first really got into it. And I obviously when I was making the fursuit, I was living with my parents at the time and then I had to tell them at some point like what I was doing because they knew I, I made stuff, but they didn't know what I was doing at the time. And then when I was buying, you know, supplies, you know, my mom's curious and says like, oh, what you making? What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, like at football games, how they have like mascots. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like trying to think of the best way to explain this to my mom because my parents are boomers. So I have to like put this in the terms that they can understand. And I'm like, you know, mascots. Yeah. Well, like people make these and then they like wear them like for fun, like a, like a cosplay. She's like, oh, like a cosplay. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, yes, that, exactly. It's almost like that. You're just putting on an outfit and it's just for fun. And she's like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, okay, like, well, my parents are pretty cool with it because you know, like I said, they're they're a little older, so they don't know the whole you know scope of the internet and how far the furry reach really is. Because when I went, I told him I was going to a con. My dad's like, "There's a whole con for this thing." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a lot going on with this whole thing." Um, and then when we got, my dad dropped me off there too, and he saw like how many people there. He's like, "Oh, there's a lot of people here," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like this is a big deal." And like he even said, like, you should think about selling some of this stuff. You could probably make a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, yes, dad, I will consider it. <laughs> yeah, boomers are always trying to tell you a business idea. Like every time. Right. It's like, no, I'm just trying to do this thing. It's not a business. I'm just doing it for fun. <laughs> yeah. It always has to be about money with the boomers. Right. They're like, but what if you talk to this? I know a guy who like knows someone who works at like the <laughs> right. stadium. You could talk to the, I'm like, dad, no, if I need your advice, I will ask. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm just like, there's other things to doing interests without a money thing. Because they're just like, well, I see it being worth it if you can make a money at it. Right. And make a money. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, Other than no. that, you're weird. And I'm like, no, yeah, you're weird. <laughs> right. Which I was really afraid of. I thought maybe they thought like, oh, is this like a weird thing that you're into? Is this like something that you do with other people? Like how far is this going? And luckily it's never really gone to that. And even when I like went up to post it on Facebook, like my personal page, I was like, I was still a little nervous, even though people are generally accepting about like, you know, things that I'm into. I've been, you know, part of communities where it's not like super acceptable depending on who you are. Like when I was in the Brony community, like... You know, the friends that I had at the time, like if you're male, it's pretty much not super acceptable, you know, obviously to be into like girly cartoons or to be into like things that are considered for girls. But same thing with furries. It's like, you know, if you're a certain kind of person or if you look a certain way, I feel like people aren't as accepting. But when I told people, oh, hey, like I'm working on a fursuit and this is something I'm interested in. They were pretty nice about it, and no one was really, like, mean to me. No one really threw, you know, harsh words at me for it. No one, like, called me any names. It was it was kind of nice. And, you know, I've heard really sad stories of people, you know, drawing characters, and their parents are kind of, like, 
oh, that's weird. You can't be into that. Like, that's a waste of time. And I've met people who make like thousands of dollars, like doing what they do and drawing furry art and, you know, really being in the furries and their parents still don't accept it or their friends still don't accept it. And they think it's weird. And I thought that people were just going to assume because, you know, I've worked uh, in the adult industry for a little bit. I've worked in shops, you know, selling adult toys. I've worked at different places for taking pictures, like for modeling. I've, you know, I've worked on OnlyFans for a little bit. And I thought people were going to think, oh, well, obviously, because you're into other things, this must be part of that. And some people probably do assume that, but it's not. Like, my alpaca is cute. She's fun. That's pretty much as far as that goes. Like, I haven't even, like, had anybody draw, like, you know, NSFW art of her yet. I wouldn't be opposed to it. People can do what they want. I'm one of those people where I'm like, hey, you want to draw furry porn? Go for it. And I'm like, "That's, Mm -hmm. that's all up to you. I'm like, I don't have to be part of it, but that's your thing then be into your thing but if when people assume that everyone's just into that i just yeah i think it's kind of a double standard because there's a lot of communities that are like that where you know i've worked in like i said i've worked in this industry for a little bit and you know you could literally sexualize anything yeah. literally anything like a stove you look it up it's probably exists like you could <laughs> you could find anything like you could assume that you know anything that people are into could be sexualized but because yeah furry kind of gained that traction of being cringe and it's partially media's fault because whenever furries are featured on like you know big media outlets or on like reality shows they portray them in a way that i've seen the way that they do it and the way they clip things together and even when you know people are like they accept that they're a little bit cringe they're a little weird that's fine but the way that they portray them i'm like Mm, I don't like that. I'm like, they're making it look way weirder than it actually is. Like, I I don't I don't like the way that they're doing that. Yeah. And like the same things happen to like J fashion. And it's like, y'all, we have so much in common. Just like combine. Right. <laughs> like solidarity, right. please. Right. That's what I always thought about, too. Because I'm like, we're all on the same page here, people. Like, I, I don't think you guys realize, but I'm like. We're all the weirdos sitting at the same table. We're all in the same group here. Like, we're all, like, the people that grew up where everyone thought that we were weird. And everyone thought that it was, like, oh, you're so strange for dressing like that. You're so strange for liking those things. And, like, you feel like you're alone. But then you find a group of people who are also very strange and very weird and into those things. And they're, like, oh, I think it's cool. And then all of a sudden we're fighting with other groups who are going through that. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, we're, we're on the same page. Like, we're, like, you can both be weird and, like, you can both be creative and colorful and fun. Thinking about it, and this is just for the few people that are, like, super vocal about, like, furry staying out of J fashion. The few people that are like, no, it doesn't belong. Like, it shouldn't happen. I think maybe a thing that keeps them from accepting it may be the fact that there are some people in the furry community who do make it sexual for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a vast majority of people in the J fashion community that don't make it sexual and like that is completely okay. But I feel like there are a certain few Certain few, mm-hmm. like just very, it's a small minority that are vehemently anti-sexual in mm. J fashion. Right. And yeah. just the fact that furry things can be made sexual, no, it does not belong. Just that risk of association is what scares them and what makes them put their hackles up, pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and... I think that 
yes, a lot of these fashions that we do are sexualized in a way that not many people want. You know, it's it's become, you know, outsiders sexualize our fashion. But in the same way, outsiders are sexualizing the furry fandom when it's not sexual for everyone. Just like in J fashion, like it's not sexual for everyone. Like, are there some people who screw in J fashion? Yeah, because a lot of people are sexual and they have like sex drives and Mm -hmm. it's the fashion that they wear. There are adults that wear J fashion. Yeah. Going from point A to point B in sex requires clothing. Right. Yeah. The clothing is on and then it's off. Whether that clothing that you start with is normie or J fashion, it doesn't really matter as long as you're all adults. You know, I don't really think the uh, Garu community would have a problem with that. There's a lot of AV gals and sexuality mm-hmm. is kind of like, it's part of it. I understand like, yeah, like what you said about like people being very careful about their, you know, their fashion that they're very protective of and they don't want to be sexualized in that way. And they're like, no, absolutely. No, like that's not that's not okay with me. And like, that's fine. But like certain styles being a little bit sexy is part of it. And I've seen some people dress in J fashion and take like, you know, risque pictures and there are people that aren't okay with it. But I'm like, you know, it's a fashion that's aesthetically pleasing. And yeah, some people mix it together, but some people don't, which is fine. And yeah, they both are fine. Yeah, I I think it comes down to like needing to destigmatize one sex and two not pushing sex onto people that are just doing things like from outsiders looking in on J fashion, outsiders looking in on furry, and not forcing people to not be sexual and not conflating one person with the rest of the community. Right. Like if one person does something sexy in J fashion, the rest of the community is not going to be ruined. If one person is sexual in a fursuit, it's not going to ruin the rest of the community. Right. Chill. We'll be fine. (laughs) Right. It doesn't mean the whole community is about sex. It's not about exactly what those people are doing. Yeah, and I understand that like Lolita specifically came from a place of being feminine without being sexual, but I also don't think that meant completely Mm anti-sexual. Just because it's like, I don't want to be sexualized doesn't mean that someone can't be sexualized if they want to. Yeah, like in empowering themselves. You know, it's like feminism. Women don't want to be like automatically sexualized by whoever is looking at them. But if someone wants to put that message out there, we should have the power to do that when and if we choose. Exactly. Right. The hardest part, I think, is that some people just don't have the maturity in them to be able to discern that some things are separate from the sexual part of, you know, whatever community that you're looking at or whatever, you know, interest you're looking at. And that's been my whole attitude with a lot of different things where I'm like, if you're not mature enough to be able to figure out, you know, that not everyone is into the sexual parts of, you know, whatever that you're looking at. Like if, you know, you look at furries, not everyone is fucking in their fursuits. Not everyone is drawing, you know, nasty porn of their OCs, even though that is a huge part of furry community is the adult themed art that they make. But, you know, not everyone's into that. And, you know, sex is like an adult theme. 
So if you're not mature enough to be able to like make that difference in your head and be able to be like, oh, well, not everyone's into that because, you know, that would be silly if everyone was into that. And, you know, that would be like silly for me to assume that. Obviously, like that's not someone that I would want to have a conversation with because it's just like it's kind of like a dead end when I run to those people who just assume like, oh, well, you must be really sexual into like your furry stuff or you must be like into like those different things. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And it's kind of funny how a lot of people that do meet me and I tell them like, oh, yeah, like I'm a furry. And they're like, you are. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Like, I have a persona. You want to see it? And they're kind of, like, surprised. Yeah, and it changes their view of you. <laughs> I really like that. Like, that's not a person I want to have a conversation with. I feel like a lot of people in J fashion and a lot of people who are scared of getting into the furry community are afraid of the optics of it and are afraid of what other people will think. If someone jumps to conclusions about something that is not like inherently hurting anyone. That's not someone that you want to be talking to really. Like, why are we worrying so much about what other people think about what we're doing? When they don't even want to take the time to like even learn about what mm -hmm. you're actually doing. Exactly. They just want to make assumptions because that's always easier than talking to someone and they just want to make assumptions. I'm like, why would you even care? Like, why do you care about that person's opinion when they don't know anything, they're ignorant. Like, so what if they, you know, talk a bunch of smack about you and say that you look bad and say that you're weird and that, like, you, you should, like, stop whatever you're doing? I'm like, then, no, you're not hurting anyone. Like, why would you care? Yeah, and that's why I, I feel like there is such a backlash when people combine furry with J fashion, even if it's not, like, a sexual thing, maybe interpreted as sexual, even when people just say, like, oh, it looks too much like a cosplay and people are gonna think you're wearing a cosplay. It's like, who cares if they think I'm wearing a cosplay? I don't give a shit what they think. They think I'm wearing a cosplay anyway. Yeah. Right. How many times have you been wearing just an outfit and people are like, what character are you? Are you Cinderella or Little Bo Peep? What play are you going to? Oh my God. Yeah, that's my favorite one. What's going on today? Right. Why do... Why why are we caring if someone thinks that if I put on animal ears, all of a sudden it's a cosplay now? It's like, who gives a shit? It's what I'm wearing. Let me wear it. Like, I don't care if someone thinks it's a cosplay. I know it's not a cosplay. My friends and my community knows that it's not a cosplay. Mm -hmm. So why, like, is it so, like, gatekept? when like i want to wear a fucking ears and a tail like right my little rant <laughs> yeah i remember back in like the 2000s when like scene fashion was like the thing and when i got into that when the the coontails were coming out which actually the anime con i just went to they had like way more like of just the coontails like not just like animal tails that you attach on like to look like an animal it's just like the little belt loop ones and and we looked at them and i'm like oh i'm like it's coming back i'm like we're bringing it back <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to be a furry, but you can wear a tail. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to see those. That would be like, I kind of would be judging them, but not because like they were wearing the tail. It was just like, well, if you're going to wear the tail, you got to have the ears and stuff. Like you're just wearing a tail. What's right? going on? Like, <laughs> where's the rest of the outfit? Um, like commit. <laughs> but I see people wearing paws too. Yeah, paws and stuff are becoming like a thing. Like people just wearing like you know little paw gloves out, like just for fun. And like Simon's, like I was, I was showing him. Uh, I have like a Etsy 
like wish list specifically for my persona ideas. And Simon's looking at like how it's devolving into Paul Star. And he's just like, are you doing this again? Because this is what you used to wear in high school. And I'm just like, I am maybe doing this again. I don't know. Oh, my God. Don't we love long term boyfriends who call us out and be like, this is that thing you were into like two years ago. Are we circling back to that now? And you're like, shut up. You don't don't know. know. But you do because you knew me then. But... But yes, we're doing this again. Now get ready to go to the store. Right, exactly. Get ready. Oh my gosh, I remember first dating Simon and him being like, um, so what's up with the cat ear thing? Or I don't know if I'm like super into the cat ear thing. And I was like, oh, oh no. Um, we're not going to be able to do this. If you can't deal with the cat ear thing, he's like, "Oh no, no, no!" Because the cat ears are not leaving. (laughs) And so then it's like, "Oh no, no, no!" That's not a big deal. No, no, no. I I love your cat ears. I don't even say anything about the cat. Yeah, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, you better rewind that. (laughs) Kamila setting boundaries down early. We love it. Yes, exactly. With the cat ears. Do not waste your time on partners who tell you to stop wearing whatever you're wearing when you're wearing it for fun. I'm like, that's, I've heard stories from people about like, being like, that's kind of weird. I'm like, dump, dump them. Right. Bye. Like that, sorry, the cat ears, the bows, the hair, like all my little hair clips with my Hello Kitties on them. Sorry, they are more important than you. Right, exactly. (laughs) Now he's all into the fursuits and stuff. He got in the fursuits before like I even thought like they were cool. So I was just like, ha ha. Now you are the furry. I, that happens with my friend group too. Cause like when I get into stuff and I got into like fursuit making and I was showing them like, oh look, like I worked on the head today or I did this. And they're like, that looks cool. Like I kind of want one now. <laughs> or when I was making like a uh, pony sonas, like I started making ones for my friends and I made one for one of my uh, close friends. And she's like, oh my gosh, it looks like me. And she got like stuff made of it. And she even like cosplayed her OC and everything. Like, she was all <laughs> into it. Like she had no interest in it at all. Like why her no see and I've done that with people with personas too that have no interest and I'll just like draft up a little thing and they're like that does kind of look like me and like oh oh she's even wearing the same <laughs> shoes as me and I'm like yes I'm like I'm like you should take that home and just yeah. look at it <laughs> just ruminate on it a little bit and they're like mm, I kind of want to like draw pictures of it now and they're like, I kind of want to like pick a color palette for it now and I'm like mm, yeah I'm like you want to do you want like you want to draw like little comics of our OCs together and that's like usually I get people I'm like we should draw our OCs oh, together oh yes oh my gosh the OC community too uh it combines so much with that that's the fun part about OCs too and personas because it's like you can basically make up whatever you want you can make up your own story arc I know people who have like personas were like oh this is my persona like and this is like the alternative version of my persona where like he lives <laughs> in another universe and this is the one where he's like a golf cart driver and I'm like okay <laughs> like that's cool like whatever you want like make up as many universes as you want and yeah you can make like so many different versions and yeah, I think it's just really fun. You can meet, like, a lot of friends that way, too. I met, like, a lot of friends, like, within art communities of just people with uh, really interesting OCs, and they, like, see other people's characters and think, 
oh, it just like kind of inspired me to like draw them like together, like I don't know, like sitting having a picnic and in these cute little outfits. And we're like, oh, that's kind of cute. And I used to do that too with like other people's like OCs when they like showed interest in my fashion, the way like I like uh, dress up like my OCs. They'd be like, oh, I kind of want my OC to wear like an outfit like that. And I draw them together like shopping or just like getting dressed up and. They're like, oh, that looks so cool. Like, I want to draw them like that from now on. The universe is expansive. <laughs> so what do you wish people in both communities knew about each other? I wish that they both knew that the other side, like, isn't that different from what they're doing. Like I, like I said before, I kind of wish that they would realize, hey, like, we're all sitting at the same lunch table here. Like, we're all into, like, creative things. We're all into, like, you know, fun, you know, subcultures that aren't considered, you know, normal. And we're all used to, like, you know, people telling us that, you know, that thing's weird, but we're like, oh, well, I like this. It's creative and fun, and I can make it how I want, and it's part of who I am, and it helps me express who I am. And I just kind of wish that, you know, people would realize that, you know, we're on... Pretty much on the same wavelength here of like what we want. We just want to like, be able to express ourselves in ways that we feel appropriate and make us feel good about ourselves. But we don't want to be judged for it all the time. And we want to say, oh, I don't care what other people think. Like we care a little bit. Why else would we have groups where we post pictures and, you know, wait to see how many likes that we get? Because we want that little bit of validation that other people are like what we're doing, even though like, oh, I don't really care if I don't get any likes, but also like it feels good. They're all on that same page. And it's like, we're all like doing the same things here. Like we're all into like, you know, super artsy creative things. And like I said, a lot of people don't even know I'm a furry when I talk to them, even when they're a furry and I, you know, sit down and have conversations with them. They won't realize it until I say it. And they're like, oh, I thought you were like just into this. And I'm like, no, I'm into a lot of stuff. I get into a lot of different communities. Yeah. I was so nervous asking you like, hey, are you a furry? Um, if if not, like, don't get offended. <laughs> oh, if- no, it's totally fine. Because when you sent me that, I like was I was happy. I was excited. And then I texted my business partner a screenshot and I'm like, I'm very happy about this. However, why the fuck would they think of me first? <laughs> like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, he's just like, cause you're a furry. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I'm like, this is who I am. It's fine. Yeah. Cause I remember you doing Kawaii Rice and then you telling me that you're going to be doing more like My Little Pony cons and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, okay, so she's going to more, like, furry stuff now. But I never saw you, like, dress in a furry costume or something. I just thought it was interesting. I'm just like, oh, okay. And it looks like she's wearing kind of, like, J-fashion versions of My Little Pony characters, which I kind of thought of that for, like, oh, that'd be really cool to do, um... I guess the one that's always in the parties. Pinkie Pie. Oh, Pinkie Pie. Yeah, it's actually the first like pony cosplay I ever did like officially was um like a Decora Lolita Pinkie Pie that I kind of put together because she's like a fun type of personality, so that just seemed really fitting. And yeah, I did that for a lot of uh, characters when I was like cosplaying My Little Pony a lot because it's like, oh yeah, well you have to take an animal character and make it human. So I was like, okay, what, what kind of outfit do I want to wear? Most of the time it's going to be a J fashion outfit. And I've like just kind of mashed those together. And it's really fun, you know, when you take animal characters and try to make them human just in cosplay in general, but just for like character design and things like that. It's just, that's like the most fun part. Yeah. So I'm, I was just like, oh, okay. So that's one person that I know that's like into J fashion but also is into this community. And I also saw that your Kawaii Rice shop had an Instagram again. And I was like, oh, cool. But I didn't really know, like, someone else that was, like, 
in both. So it was just like, this is maybe like a good person to talk to that kind of has their foot in both. I, I feel like there's another person in the community that has like a maybe wears a full fursuit or a partial or something with their outfits. Yeah, I, I cannot remember their name, but I remember seeing pictures of someone who had like a fursuit head and they yeah. like put decor clips on it. I'm so sorry. I cannot remember your name, whoever you are, but like yes. I've met them a couple times. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so cool. I like, And actually furries work out for that. Yeah. And so I was just all like, oh, OK, I don't remember like their name. I feel like I've seen them at some meets. I think they were one of the people that I first saw when I saw like, you know, uh, fursuits in person. And I remember seeing like them and maybe one other person that had like decor clips on their fursuit. And I'm like, that's a good idea. Cause I think everyone that does decor knows the struggle, especially if you wear artificial hair mm-hmm. that, you know, clips don't always want to stick. Yes, and there's only don't. so much room that you have and it weighs down. It's, it's a pain. And when I made my fursuit head, like I kind of tested it out and there's a lot of places that you can attach accessories to. And I thought that was really cool. And I'm like, okay, that's that's a lot easier. I can fit like 10 times more stuff on this. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like that's a plus. Then I know that like there are people with Decora, there's like a whole like Decora monster sort of deal. And I'm just like, I could see the connection there if somebody wanted to make more of like a monster kaiju sort of inspired outfits and stuff like that. And I definitely see people do that. Yeah, monster like demon like kind of themes and stuff like that. Right, right. Exactly. My friend Monique, like Decora demon, even though they don't wear like a bunch of like monster accessories, it's just kind of like... Decora and monster is kind of like put together and I don't know how like how active like maybe they are in like furry community or maybe they don't really like connect those two ideas but I feel like we are kind of doing stuff like this. I know that there are many demons in the furry community. I know that for a fact. Right. And also, I just thought of different uh, cosplays people were talking about or just like outfits inspired by animal characters and there are a lot of people showing interest in doing animal crossing characters but you're you're humanizing them because that's like one of the reasons i love doing like my little pony cosplays because you're taking a character that like is kind of human-ish but you have to like kind of tweak it and like yeah animal crossing characters are some things that you can do like on yourself and other things you can't and yeah i'm just like you guys are all in furry denial (laughs) like you can be cute and quiet and be a furry you're making fursonas on animal crossing you're basically making fursonas yeah how many like how many posts have i seen of people making like lolita dresses in the game and putting it on their little people and like you know dressing them up i'm like you guys are all right. together. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then like or drawing their character if they were like if we were allowed to be an animal on animal crossing this is what my animal would look like and i'm just like okay that's a persona <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, it's not. It's different. <laughs> Just take it away from the Animal Crossing style and it is a fursona. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> okay, now I need to draw my fursona as an Animal cro- in Animal Crossing style. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, Animal Crossing is basically a furry game. I mean, because, that yeah. <laughs> you know, the different characters have, like, their personalities, but also, like, the things that make them furry characters, I feel like, is because, like, oh, uh, they can, you know, 
have human characteristics like walking, talking, wearing clothes, but then also they'll, you know, make animal noises or maybe if they're like a duck, they really like water or something like that. And that's what makes it a furry character. And then they allow us to wear like animal ears or animal heads or they'll have like an animal costume that you can wear even outside of Halloween and stuff. Like they don't even count that as a Halloween costume when you're playing the Halloween. Yeah, it's just for fun. Yeah, so I'm just like, I think like, you know, people need to like, reevaluate their association with like their animal interests like there's even people that feel like ooh if i was going to date one of the animal crossing characters who don't who call I me date? out <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing that ever happened to me i had animal crossing for the wii and I really liked Bob. <laughs> we all did. Is that like the kind of bluish purplish cat? Yes. Yes. I loved Bob too. Yeah. Bob, I was yes. in like <laughs> second or third grade and I wrote a love letter to Bob. But then my sister went on to her, her profile oh. and Bob goes, look what Hayden sent to me and showed my sister the love letter. And my sister was like, Hayden, what did you do? And I was, I was crying. <laughs> like, don't tell anyone. Oh <laughs> it was awful. I'm just thinking about that vine of the girl being, no, don't tell mom. Yeah, oh my god. Okay, that was literally me. Literally me when I was growing up. Oh my god. Oh my god. But yeah, I think we got to everything we needed to get to in this segment yeah that was really amazing randa mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on the show and for thank you for having me of course and for enlightening us and for like telling us the truth because it needs to be told and we really appreciate you giving as much time as you did where can our people find more information about you most active on my uh instagram which is uh chubby girl hacks um i'm also on my twitter which is the same name I'm mostly on those two right now. We are going to be having a conversation right after this about advice to making your own persona. So after hearing this episode, you are thinking, okay, I am convinced. I will take up the mantle of furry. Uh, let's do it. I'm all in. Head on over to our Patreon. Become a $3 a month patron. We are going to be having an amazing conversation and Randa is going to teach us about best practices to make your own persona. And, and I think that's going to help us both personally. <laughs> you do not have to live in furry denial. It's okay. Right. There's tons of us. We're supportive. There might be people think you're weird. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And with that, Randa, just follow along. This has been OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And my name's Randa. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.